I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the Wednesday Night War between AW and NXT, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet and Sir, we are gathered here. Getting closer, though. We are socially distanced here today to talk about the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame. More and more people being added to this, needlessly, in my opinion. We've still got to do <laughs> this year. Uh, but how are you feeling about the Hall of Fame this year, uh, Hamlet? I'm more enthusiastic than I would be normally, to be quite honest. The combination of the two Hall of Fames coming together because of the cancel one last year has given us the unlikely but brilliant occurrence of Kevin Nash and the great Carly going in in technically the same ceremony. Um, The NWO from last year and Carly's induction this year, as once divisive as those inductions might have been, are now brilliant and celebrated by generations of wrestling fans that have learned to know better and have learned to have watched for the things that really matter, like how cool you look when you put your hands through your hair or how much money you get before you leave the industry behind or how your introduction results in the introduction of a Punjabi prison or a broken glass arm wrestling stipulation. The things that really matter in a Hall of Fame that doesn't are at long last being acknowledged. I want the great Carly to go longer than Hillbilly Jim in his acceptance speech. I want Kevin Nash to go shorter than Kevin Nash went the last time because he's already been paid. I want those men to be the best versions of themselves on the stage that I have been an advocate for for these men for the better part of 20 years. And I'm aware that Great Carly only debuted about 15 ago. Uh, It's just, what I'm saying is, not to go all Father Ted on the Christmas special, this is a big night for me, as (laughs) as well as a big night for the big men that I love. I just, I love, I'm just glancing at the Wikipedia page for this year's inductees. Molly Holly, fantastic to see her going in, first of all. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Kane, Rob Van Dam, and as you mentioned, the great Carly. And there's such a, 
a weird mix, you know, like Molly Ollie, one time WWF hardcore mm. champion, two time WWE women's champion. That's perfect. WWE recognized accolades in terms of this, this uh, third column we've got here. Uh, Eric Bischoff, uh, former senior VP of WCW, 83 weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one time hardcore champion, GM of Raw's uh, brand, uh, creator of the Elimination Chamber match. Oh, and Raw Roulette. Oh. Um, and then. <laughs> My favourite one of all has to be Greg Harley's um, one-time world heavyweight champion, of course, held the belt upside down. Um, first Indian world champion in WWE. And 2008 Slammy Award winner for damn moment of the year, hosting the Kiss Cam on SmackDown. In no- <laughs> Get in. It's a, I mean, it's a mixed bag. But yeah, like there's a, a stacked lineup, like you say. So of, of 2020, Batista, they're sort of holding off on until they can get fans in. So you've got JBL, British Bulldog, Jushin Thunder Liger, which are still shocks me every time. As you mentioned, the NWO, all of whom are now two-time inductees for <laughs> achievements. And of course, well, X-Pac hopefully will, should, will be, in my opinion, a three-time because he's in the mm. spot of the NWO, in the spot of D-Generation X, and he should go in as X-Pac because he's bloody brilliant. Uh, the Bella Twins... Uh, as well, it's such an incredible achievement, and, and rumours, of course, today about Titus O'Neil winning the Warrior Award. Uh, yeah, so what do you reckon across the board to all these inductees? I think that Titus O'Neil news is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not; it remains not the award that the Ultimate Warrior pitched exactly when he wanted the Ultimate Warrior Award. It's obviously WWE's excuse to talk about tacitly how great they are while pretending they're making it about somebody else. Um, but it's nice when the great people get celebrated all the same. Titus O'Neil is a great person. So yep. is Sue Richardson and the like. So that's quite nice. Um, yeah, we're going to, this is probably like jumping ahead to one of your other questions here, but it's just, the Hall of Fame, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> like, make it, make it a nice time for the people that the wrestlers and the performers and whoever who genuinely appreciate it. So like getting a night to stand in front of their peers and talk about, the favourite memories and just feel celebrated and feel special. I think that's lovely. I think that's really nice. I think it's great that they can hold it in arenas and some people want to buy tickets for it. I think that's fantastic too, because you might want to go. If I Look, if I was there this year, like I'd be front row screaming for Carly and Big Kev. Mm. Like it's, if, if it's your year where it's your favourites, I think that's a lovely ticket to be able to go and say that you've seen all that crack. It's one of those rare things where like, WWE does something that is almost entirely nice. It's littered with cynicism, but it's almost entirely nice. But don't get it twisted. Don't get nice confused with prestigious. Uh, the Hall of Fame means something because WWE for the longest time has owned the entire industry. But we know the selection process. We know that Vince McMahon will just remember somebody existed once or a collection of people will bring some names that week to the attention of Vince and he might say yes or he might say no. It's a bit like um, how before late 2016, there weren't quite as many articles being so defensive about the legacy of Kevin Nash. Mm. And then they got a job at whatculture.com and started infiltrating the website with articles being a bit more defensive about the legacy of Kevin Nash. If I was in that writer's room, I would just be pitching Diesel every year until he got <laughs> in the Hall of Fame and, and, and it happened, you know. So I think it's really lovely for the inductees. I've never understood the anger or the fury or anything like that for somebody's favourite not going in as if it's any more of an acknowledgement that the fact that their entire legacy already exists on the network. Hmm. You know, when, it, when you couldn't see the people in, in their best days, fine. 
but we're, we're living in the internet age. Everyone's available everywhere to go and see their best bits. You don't really need a Hall of Fame video package to remember the best things your favourite wrestlers did. Speaking of things, <laughs> I'm just reading Kane's here. Uh, obviously, he's got quite the list of accolades. WF champion, world heavyweight champion, ECW champion, intercontinental champion, hardcore champion, one-time 24-7 champion, tag <laughs> champion, WCW tag team champion, 2010 Money in the Bank winner, two-time Slammy Award winner, one of which... One of which is match of the year for the 2014 Survivor Series elimination match. Okay. The other of which is best family values in 2010 for being up Jack Swagger. <laughs> I wonder if he included that in like his, um, you know, that like that pitch document that they have to make if they want to run for local politics. <laughs> when he was becoming mayor, it was like, what you got on family values? Uh, I've got this Jack Swagger thing. Should we include it or not? Yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things though, isn't it? Because like you say, it's just... It's nice, and you get a nice mm-hmm. ring and stuff. But it's it's when you compare it to other Hall of Fames, and I'm sure you know people will complain about you know music Hall of Fames or whatever it may be that there is still bias in that. It is just it's who Vince McMahon wakes up and thinks of, isn't it? At the end of the day, but it is also nice to see people like Rob Van Dam, who did obviously do a lot of stuff in WWE, mm-hmm. but particularly someone like Eric Bischoff, for example, be recognised for considerable achievements outside of WWE as well. And like Fusion Thunder Liger is a great example, of course. Yeah, Liger's a great example. Bischoff's a great example. The Four Horsemen going in back in 2011 or 2012, whenever that was. uh, We've long passed the point now, at least. Again, it's if WWE, it's, you know, if they want the mantle of being the custodians of pro wrestling history, then you've kind of got to acknowledge all of pro wrestling history. You can't just acknowledge what happened in your own company. That might not be the case anymore. Um, they might find they might find that some wrestling history is getting taken back from them with the emergence of AEW over the last couple of years. But this is one of the big opportunities a year to be like, well, not only have we got the video footage to most things, but we can now claim that we've overseen it all too by putting X, Y, and Z into our Hall of Fame. There are other Hall of Fames. There are physical ones um, in terms of the Cauliflower Alley Club. There are well-regarded ones in the bubble, like the Wrestling Observer one. Um, so there are lots of places where you can get that kind of accolade or you can get that kind of peer-driven respect. But yeah, it, it, it sort of behooved WWE to stretch beyond their own four walls in their attempts to, well, if anything, just sell a few more network subs to say, look, we've, we've got the lot here. And you'll get, if you grew up in a, watching a different territory to Vincent Man Seniors, we'll get you guys in sooner or later. I do feel a bit bad that, you know, it's great to see them going in, you know, great to see these people getting acknowledged. But it's just a Zoom call this year, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Congratulations, Adam Wilborn. You've just gone into the Michael Hamflit Hall of Fame. Hey! Like, it took us all of five seconds to book. Why have, they done, why have they done another year? That's the bit I don't understand. I don't know why they've done another year. I don't know why they've not just held off last year's until they can actually do a ceremony. Um, especially for the... The older talent, should we say? Um, look, Rob Van Dam, just off the top of my head, there's there's others probably, but Rob Van Dam, Molly Holly, another, they're likely to work again in front of crowds, the Bellas. Mm. You know, these people could want um to wrestle again and WWE would be foolish not to include them, even in short bursts. Uh someone like an Eric Bischoff is likely to get, you know, cr- draw crowds from time to time or be used by the major organizations. The NWO will appear on Raw, Legends, Knights specials here and there 
JBL will appear in front of a crowd. WWE will never let go of Kane. These are all names that are in some way or another are likely to kind of still feature relatively prominently in our in our field of vision in pro wrestling. Um, contrast that with the likes of the family of the British Bulldog, who are going to get one opportunity, really, to celebrate his legacy. Maybe another if they ever put the, the Bulldogs in. Um but yeah, the, the opportunities are not going to come thick and fast for his family to get this one great night where they maybe get to meet and chat with people that worked with him, that had fond memories of him. And yeah, it seems sad to me that that opportunity has been lost. Uh, I don't know. I'd, maybe they wanted to create, maybe the idea that because WWE was back in business with WrestleMania this year, it was important to feature the Hall of Fame on their menu of content for that WrestleMania week, which is already pretty in loaded. Um, <laughs> I'd have held off. I'd have really held off until we were back to quote-unquote normal and we could have done it in a building next year, could have slotted in like it always does. It never never interferes, does it? Remember the year in New York where they moved it so that it was clashing with the New Japan show because that meant people didn't have to pick between NXT and Madison Square Garden. Like the Hall of Fame's for people that just really want to go and watch the mm. old guys have a natter. I'd, I'd have held off, but, you know, it's WWE. Maybe, maybe they've done it because they're worried that next year still won't be able to go ahead. And they need to normalise the idea of Zoom call Hall of Fames for a little while. We're, we're working on the assumption that just because people are getting vaccinated and COVID seems to finally be backtracking slightly, that in 12 months' time, everything's going to be completely as it was. Maybe it won't be. And maybe WB are just future-proofing that a little bit. Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Another aspect of, of why I asked that question is something that people talk about quite a lot at the moment. And it's going to be contradicted by me asking you in a few minutes about the big names who haven't been included in the Hall of Fame yet. But 
they're rattling through some people. In terms of people I can see as potential headliners down the road, yes, you've still got some huge names still to go mm. in, but it feels like they're burning through a lot of people every year. Yeah, um, they're clever with it, I guess, because you put in stables and then you could still put in a lot of the individuals. And if the individuals themselves, the new world ought to be a perfect example. At various points, I know Hogan was a headliner. I know Nash was a headliner. Bischoff's going in this year as a big name. Scott Hall didn't go in as a headliner, but I'm struggling to remember who he went in underneath. It might have been the Warrior. A big name, a big name, Razor Ramon went in as the number two two. So basically, but what I was going to say was with the New World Order, that there are examples of guys that could headline their own class. DX, Shawn Michaels did headline Triple H, almost certainly will one day. It's They're being clever now with stables and teams as a way to stretch this out. They'll be fine. They'll keep making people that they can tell you are legends, even if it doesn't necessarily feel a big deal. It's sort of one of the benefits, as we're going to go talk about with the people that aren't in it and quote-unquote should be, it is kind of one of the benefits of the prestige being imagined. You can make anyone feel like a headliner when the award they're winning is this more this whimsical little trinket than it is something really meaningful. It, it, I, I always get sort of overwhelmed with it every year. I know there's like the the, the boxes that they always tick. There's the, mm. the posthumous entry. There's the, uh, the the you know female star, etc. Like say headliner, etc. You know, we all know the boxes that they kind of go through and tick each time. But it, I just look at them and go, oh, "All right, that's enough." Like, no, you don't need to yeah, do any more this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I, not my, not my problem. So I don't know why I'm reacting. Well, it's what it sort of is because as as fans and people that like work covering this, we have to watch them typically mm. and they don't have to run long sometimes. I'll never, like, I had no issue with Hillbilly Jim, right? I watched a lot of his matches when I was younger because he, he was on quite a few Coliseum videos. I knew enough of his work and his character and I just felt nothing for him. But it was like, oh, that's nice. Hillbilly Jim's getting a, a nod. That's good for him. I've never resented a wrestler more in my life than Hillbilly Jim when he's hitting the 65th minute and I've only tuned in in the middle of the night to see Jeff Jarrett get inducted. And this an idiot is still going on, still. Like, it does it does matter as a televisual experience as well. So I'd all be in favour of making this a, maybe a three-person limit every year just to make it a more... makes it a nicer night for them and a more watchable event. And the wrestlers, the poor wrestlers that have got to buy very expensive dresses and suits the night before, they're supposed to work the biggest night of their career at WrestleMania, and they're forced to sit in that building and smile and nod for three, four hours at a time. That's rough on them as well. Mm. No wonder there was that year where Dean Ambrose appeared absolutely faced doing his interview with Renee Young with his sunglasses on. He was probably just drinking to get through it. And then he was like, I got Brock Lesnar in 24 hours. So I could do with the kick. He was probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if he drew eyeballs on the glasses. <laughs> And now on to the liars section of my <laughs> Um But yeah, you, you, you and uh, Andy have teamed up recently to, to write this sort of top 100 names not already in the Hall of Fame. What are some of the biggest names? I mean, Vince is an obvious one. But what are some of the other biggest names that haven't gone in? And, and why haven't they gone in yet? Well, this is it, isn't it? Like, keeps going back to the, the central point, the central theme of this podcast is that Anyone that you like can be the biggest name that should go in. Like Gangrel should go in the Hall of Fame because Murray loves him. Sid should go in because I love him, because that's just what we feel about our old favourite wrestlers. You've got your huge names. Um, Vince McMahon is a go-to. The Rock is a go-to. Triple H, regrettably so. 
even though I'd like to think when he was doing his speech, to call back to your father Ted point, I'd like to think of him running along the beach going, the second best member of DX, the second best member of DX. <laughs> like, that Imagine if me. they put him in the same year as The Rock and The Rock headlines. That'd be, oh, so- that'd be amazing. That would work for me just fine. Um, you know, there's the insulting, just downright insulting omissions from the Hall of Fames, like your tugboats. Um, there's... I'm being flippant, but, uh, you know, there's there's guys that are maybe going to struggle to get in now for obvious reasons, such as, oh, I don't know, The Big Show, Christian, Chris Jericho. They might not get phone calls when theoretically they could have been going in. Don't know why. Um, it's the, there, are, there are plenty of names. There are plenty of people. Um, again, you've got, like, the, the difficulty of, like, posthumous ones. Uh, WWE try really hard to induct people. This is such an awful thing to say that have passed away that they hope fans won't Google after the fact. Mm. So one of my first ballot names would be a Brian Pillman, but WWE and all their infinite cynicism probably don't want people Googling Brian Pillman. China was the thing years ago, like ridiculous, basically shaming China for being a sex worker. No, well, we can't induct China because she works in pornography. Like, that was pretty scummy. And then they tried to sneak her in as part of DX, didn't they? Like, she should get her own induction. That much is very apparent. Um, And then you've got people that are just airbrushed. I think this is women more than men, if I'm honest. Um, Sable. Why is Sable not in the Hall of Fame? Um, Why is Michelle McCool? She was a wrestler in an era of divas. And virtually every woman that you hear about from that time talks about how Michelle McCool spent time with them in the ring. There was no performance center, just trying to get, trying to get them to the, like the level where the basics were good enough back when like Johnny Ace was tasked with hiring quote athletic tens. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like women are pretty hard done by. You could induct the four horsemen, four horsewomen right now. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not saying that you do a Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte career retrospective. I'm saying you induct them right now for their contributions to the huge paradigm shift in North American in women's wrestling mm. as a group of women, as a group of trainers, uh, influencers, inspirational figures. And uh, yeah, I feel like unfairly women are given this, like it's almost divas. It's almost the days of divas matches being piss breaks on pay-per-views. This is like, well, we've got our woman for this year. So sorry, get back of the, you know, keep your fingers crossed for next year and go at the back of the queue. I'm, I'm not sure why they do that as well. So there's absolutely tons. Not not every name that I've just reeled off would be a headliner. Not everyone would be a Rock or a Vince. Um, or maybe even, if he was on good terms with WWE, a Chris Jericho. Uh, but there's plenty of names that they could like deploy to fill out that, you know, that big name that isn't necessarily the ticket seller yeah. on the night. If you could pick one then. And like not the ones you not 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 like the rocks or the triple H's that we all know eventually is going to go in. But if you could pick one out of this list of 100, which is well worth people checking out, by the way, at whatculture.com, you could pick one to put in this year, for example. Maybe no, the, next year when there's a crowd, who would you pick? Uh next year when there's a crowd. I've got two. I've got one that I'm pretty certain would accept it. Mm-hmm. And I've got one that I kind of think might turn it down. Can I have them? Yeah. Uh, Sean Mortman. Yes. Is, is the guy for me. Um, you've already name checked him. Uh, he goes in 
and there's a crowd and there's a lot of people and he goes in by himself and it's his third induction, which is great. Three Hall of Fame rings or all of them overdue. The guy for me... Um, he one on each hand and one round his, like a dog on his dog chain for his little doggy. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Um, the other one is CM Punk. <laughs> because... Can you if, imagine? Well, this is it, right? I don't think he would say yes to it because I think he's too smart. CM Punk, even recently, in one of those Ask Punk Q&A things he does on Twitter, and by the way... He's never ever answered my question about which gear he preferred. Was it his Macho Man trunks or his Bret Hart ones? <laughs> like I've, every single time he does an Ask Punk, I drop that question in. And in fact, some very very devoted listeners and friends of ours on Twitter that ask that question on my behalf because often they tag me in it, and he still doesn't answer the goddamn question. Answer the question, Punk. What did you prefer? Your Randy Savage trunks or your Bret Hart trunks? I'm putting you in the frigging Hall of Fame here. Answer my frigging question. Sorry. Um, he answered a question. I'm saying that like I was a fool for buying in at the WrestleMania narrative doesn't mean anything. Like he was even willing to pie off that WrestleMania main event that we believed mm-hmm. once upon a time he held in this ultimate regard. So I don't think he'd go into the Hall of Fame. But more's the point. Um there feels like a chance that he might one day wrestle for AEW. Genuinely, there does. Like it just it feels increasingly like that way. He did that interview with Renee Paquette earlier this year where he just said, Oh, there's more guys I haven't worked with. And then he says it wouldn't wouldn't be about the money, it'd be about the story. Well, which company do you trust to tell a better story at this point with the CM Punk coming in? So it just feels like that. If it's ever going to happen, it's probably going to happen there. So best get him inducted while you still can. Best get him inducted. And, and I, but I just that's that's dream stuff because I don't think he's going to bother. I don't think he's going to want it. I don't. I just I don't think he holds it in any high regard. Can you really see him proudly flexing his Hall of Fame ring? With in a picture with Vincent Mann and Triple H, it's it's not a visual that you've got in your mind, is it? Maybe that's why I want it. Maybe because I just think it'd be really fun. And tugboat, the big, the big. He can, it doesn't work because he hasn't got the letters written like that. But I want I want it somehow to cover up his hands so it says straight egg. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't work whatsoever. Um, for me. I wouldn't put The Undertaker in the Hall of Fame yet because I don't think he's done. Uh, and mm. uh, I'm torn. Too cool. Need to go into the Hall of Fame. Ooh, yeah. Like, and they're, on, they're on this list of yours. Um, mm. they shout, you know nice. The name I always think of, and I don't know whether it's just because there's, the, there's a sign burnt into my mind or just because she popped up in the Royal Rumble. And I thought, oh, God, how have they not put... Victoria, man. I love yeah. her. And she's such a, like, she's another one of these pioneers, like you mentioned with Michelle McCool and Molly Holly and all those, you know, fantastic, genuinely talented female performers. Yeah. And she just does not get the respect, in my opinion, and, and she should go in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I one final thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, and I don't want to get into this whole cancel culture stuff because that is a... That is a whole other podcast thing. And, you know, mm. there's all these reports regarding Peacock censoring it and then the fact that that might extend to the network globally, not just, you know, with the Peacock stuff in the US. But do you reckon they'd ever extend to sort of removing people from the Hall of Fame? Because, like, you know, it, you look across and you go, look, the, the whole point of when you take the piss out of the Hall of Fame is you go, well, it's not that prestigious. Look at the different wings and the random people they've got in and the people that mm. are in and the people that aren't in. But like you say, you, they're, they're not putting people in now because of checkered histories. Do you think they could ever get to a point where they took people out? Christ. I mean, it's perhaps a reason why there's no physical Hall of Fame, because if we're talking about it in these terms, you have to burn the whole building to the ground, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, uh, we need to send Randy Orton there to, uh, to fix all that. It's wrestling 
is a pretty ugly industry um, with an even uglier past. So there would be, you know, I'm going to put a couple of names out here, but they feel like the most, well, how can we phrase this? High, highest profile wrongans of the bunch. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Like there's so many that would have, look, nobody's lived a perfect life. Um, But this, the level, I guess like the league table of strikes against certain people would at least imply that you are permitted to rethink this. And you are like, remember when, I'll, I'll say his name first, but remember when Hulk Hogan was persona non grata in WWE yeah. and that included the Hall of Fame. He was no longer listed as a superstar or a Hall of Famer or anything. So he wasn't even permitted to have his quote-unquote legacy celebrated during the time that he was away. And in quietly sneaking him back into the company, they've snuck him back into everything else. So his legacy is restored. So they know that these, um, these offences, these to them, PR nightmares, but to a lot of fans, deeply offensive and hurtful and upsetting things that wrestlers have said and done. They know that that means something when you're celebrating the legacy of a wrestler. So the two that sprung to mind for me, and again, I am not saying here that these two are the definitive ones. Go through that register of names and you pick out, like, you pick out what you perceive to be your worst crime against another human being, and you could probably strike three quarters of the list off, honestly. So these are not, I'm not saying these are the two worst of the worst. Uh, Fabulous Moolah mm-hmm. was somebody um, controversial enough to generate all that pressure on Snickers, I believe it was, um, to lean on WWE to take her name off the, uh, the the Women's Battle Royal Trophy at the first WrestleMania when they attempted to. And the sneaky bastards knew it. Otherwise, they would have named the May Young Classic, the Fabulous Moolah Classic, a couple of years earlier. Yeah. So they knew that there was on Moolah. And for whatever reason, they just eventually thought, now we can get away with this. And they didn't They didn't get away with it. So I think you could extend that to the Hall of Fame too. And on a similar vein, and it's always after these people have passed away, and you know, I genuinely believe the reason he was lionised when he passed was because there are, because there are familial links that they maybe didn't want to upset the apple cart with. But Jimmy Snooker, like... Dark Side of the Ring brought that story back to the front to a, a generation of fans that maybe didn't even know the story existed. Um, and I don't believe that that family got, of Nancy Argentino got the justice they ever felt like they truly deserved. Right. And I'm not suggesting for a second that taking him out of a vanity hall of fame would bring them any sort of peace of mind whatsoever. Hmm. But I think the less you lionize these figures, the more they, well, the more that they're not lions to history mm. you know like as simple as that sounds the more that they're not like they stopped this is not strictly hall of fame related but WWE have very quietly stopped using the ultimate warriors iconography when it comes to um is it breast cancer awareness month i know susan g coleman are a, are a hornet's nest another hornet's nest to kick entirely but their month for cancer awareness or cancer research or however they phrase it it's no longer got the ultimate warriors iconography plastered all over it because after a couple of years, somebody flagged up. Um, should we revisit some of the comments he made when he was alive? Um, yeah, Andy so- was saying on the news this morning. Andy would say, you know, we were talking about uh, talking about Titus potentially getting that award, and I was talking about how, you know, I don't not want Titus to get it, but I do want Shad Gaspard to be recognised. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, it, that is a you know one thing for me. Like you say, it's not important. I think. I, I loved Chad uh, and still do, obviously. But, but you know, he was in. A, it was such a. That was a, one of the hardest moments of last year. I've got to be honest for me. 
um, but I want him to be recognised. And it doesn't matter whether or not he gets recognised in this, like you say, in this just, it's just a thing, the Hall of Fame. I mean, the, the Warrior Awards slightly different. But like you said, Andy was still awkward about calling it the Warrior Awards. Someone asked a question today about who should win, the Andre the Giant and the Moolah, and I had to change it and say the women's battle. It's like, it, it's, it's you're spot on. I, I would say this about the something when you mentioned about um, Shad Gaspard there, uh, and there are other wrestling's a pretty hideous industry at times, uh, and more of that gets flown open to the general public. The more that gets reported on it, and the more that the past gets revisited, it's, it can be pretty hideous. There are always lights in the dark. There are always nice things being done. Um, there are always stories that are of genuine heroism in times of great trouble. And, you know, Shad Gaspard died a hero, a, an awful story, but he died a hero. Um, what if the Hall of Fame, in an attempt to legitimise itself as an evening, did something akin to the Oscars, where you don't necessarily do that roll call for the people that have passed away, but you do a short roll call for the stories that were good in the industry in the year? Um, again, I'm not suggesting the Shad Gaspard story was good. I'm just saying a moment taken, a moment of pause taken to talk about a man that was a hero. Um, something like pick one of the hundred things that we know Titus O'Neil to have done. Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho, kind of a piece of shit, right? In a lot of his takes and depending on your politics, a lot of his slants and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't think this gets him off the hook for those. But there no, have also exactly. been times where he, there has also been times where he's donated significant amounts of money to wrestle causes, and you know, in a different time where he was within the WWE banner, you could maybe toast them. There, are, I wish I could think of an example where I didn't have to caveat it with, yeah, he's also done these really awful things. But like David yeah. Arquette, David Arquette, David Arquette, David Arquette, perfect example. Like if this was two thousand, imagine that there was a an opportunity to say, well, yes, I know it pissed you all off that he won the world title, but look where he gave the money. Mm. You know, like. The, the, all of the, there are nice things happening that probably don't get enough focus upon them. Molly Holly, that wonderful story Beth Phoenix told about Molly Holly paying for her training that nobody would have known if Beth Phoenix didn't use a platform in her own speech that moment to just make it about somebody else. It'd be lovely if the Hall of Fame did that. It would be a period of that show where people could tune in and be like, yeah, some of these are really, really good. And they might not, Titus O'Neill might never get a Hall of Fame ring, but the more that the, and I'm sorry to report that to you, Will, but oh, you get, you get every Titus <laughs> Does that tie worldwide? So well, that's, yeah, he's got you know. I'm playing three. three. You'll get three rings. Sorry, four if we're including the Royal Rumble slip. Um, <laughs> once they once they have no choice but to start inducting moments because they've run out of wrestlers. Um, yeah, just like a period of the show dedicated to the nice things done by the few nice people that are actually in the industry. I just, I just, I'm not to make light of what we've just discussed, but I would love the idea. You know, if they're like da, 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 when they bring people out. Every- <laughs> Come out, you know, they usually come out on the ramp or they, you know, whatever they're going to do this year. Uh, please welcome the Hall of Fame inductees for 2021 and also the uninductees, the people we are kicking out this year. <laughs> Say hi, everyone. There's a big delete button, they just keep pressing, <laughs> especially if like some of them, oh man, if some of them were like alive and they were flown there just to do that. And you've got that scene from The Simpsons where Mo just walks in and walks out. You're playing out with some of these old guys. But like there's Ric Flair. Yeah, we've um, we've taken a look at the uh, police records from when you exposed yourself to that waitress on a plane. And uh, <laughs> woo, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> like the, just got away, bye bye. 
but regardless, uh, Hall of Fame, of course, goes down Tuesday next week. It's a mad, mad week as we head towards yeah. WrestleMania. So uh, do know, let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed. On they have, to be fair, to be fair, right? I know they're all Zoom calls, but WWE, and that we'd give them a lot of stick for things, WWE have made sure to run an NXT UK show that same week, so the Hall of Fame isn't the least prestigious thing going on. <laughs> fair, fair play to them, I say. Fair play for that NXT UK show to me. It's like my dad used to say when Sundlum were always bottom of the football league. Well, we're the strongest team, son, because we're holding all the others up. <laughs> Let us know uh, your thoughts on everything we've discussed on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Of course, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts. And if you are in the UK, do get your hands on a, a brilliant crate of beer, a WrestleMania survival kit from our friends at Top Rope Brewing. Uh, all the details are on Top Rope Brewing's website, and uh, you can get your hands on it, especially with the code. Here's why: free shipping. I think it's I think it's twelve beers, forty five quid all in. Absolute bargain if you know you crap. Yeah, yeah, go and get your hands on that right now. Top rope brewing uh, for that, and it's a perfect WrestleMania survival kit, and they'll be sent out next week, so you can still got time to go and order them if you're only in the UK right now. But uh, for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.